Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. I hope you are all having a great day today. As always, thank you for listening and let's get started and introduce today's guest. I'm very excited to welcome Cole Schaefer to the show and I'm sure that I'll be telling you just how good he is and at his work um, as we get going throughout the episode, but I'll let him tell you a little bit about himself first of all. So hey Cole, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you having me on this. No problem not at all. I'm very excited to hear um, some of the stuff that you've done, a little bit more about how you've done it. Um, but first, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself um, and what you do? For sure. Um, so I am a copywriter, a writer, and a marketer that runs a one-person uh, creative copywriting agency called Honey Copy. Uh, and I know I just said copy a lot there. It probably won't be the last <laughs> time <laughs> throughout this podcast. But I work with various brands ranging from uh, SaaS companies to snack companies to health and fitness companies, mattress companies. It's it's fairly wide ranging. And I help them with the words they are putting out to their customers. So every everything from the emails to uh, their, their website copy, packaging copy, billboard copy, all of that I, I handle. Um, I tell people a lot of times I will pretty much write anything if it has to do with words except case studies. I really hate case studies. <laughs> Um, and a bit of a background on how I ended up sort of finding out who Cole is, is um, when I started working at Reach, it was just over a year ago now, and I remember thinking, oh, I've got to fill my emails up and find out what's going on with the world and get some news and some content ideas, etc. And at some point during that period, I must have signed up for Cole's um, weekly email called Sticky Notes, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, and I started to get them regularly in my, in my inbox. And... I was just completely blown away um, the, the, from the branding to the styling to the type of words you use, like every single email that comes through just has me for that five minutes. Um, so that's how I ended up reaching out to Cole and saying, hey, I'd love to find out more about um, what you're doing and how you do it. Um, so we're going to chat a little bit more about everything that he does in the main section. <laughs> So let's start the main section um, talking about sticky notes and your email list and how you approach writing emails to people. Um, it is really refreshing that you sort of give your away free content ideas and stories on a weekly basis. And you have like over 8,000 entrepreneurs and marketers that are fully engaged on those emails now. So what was your idea behind it and, and what were you trying to achieve? Absolutely. So with with freelancing, which, you know, I'm, I'm essentially at the core of freelancer, uh, eventually you sort of run into this issue where um, you need to do you need to figure out a way to do do external sort of marketing to to bring in inbound leads uh, versus cold emailing and cold calling and all that stuff. Uh, and what I decided to do was start a newsletter, a weekly newsletter, and I titled it Sticky Notes. And it's really a deep dive into marketing, copywriting, psychology, sales. Uh, and so the idea was to use it as both a place I could learn about copywriting and, and sales and all that good stuff, but also a way to uh, provide a ton of value uh, for free to my subscribers uh, build up that trust 
And hopefully down the road, as I roll out more products and uh, they're in need of my services, that I remain top of mind when they need a copywriter to write an email sequence or, or whatever that may be. And has the style and, um, in your opinion, obviously, the quality of those emails gradually gotten better or how, have you changed anything as you've gone along the way? Yeah, I would say the writing has gotten a lot better. Um, I've been I've been writing for I've been writing professionally for three years. So over the the last year, I sent out fifty of those emails. I took the last two weeks off, uh, and I think with each passing email, it got much better because I'm investing about three to five hours in uh, in each email between the actual emails and the article writing and and, and hunting down cool resources for my subscribers. So yeah, I would say the value has just gotten a lot better, but the look and feel has remained very much the same. Absolutely, I think the branding as well and the style and tone of voice that you've used is very consistent. Um, and I think it's interesting you mentioned that it takes three to five hours. Um, it kind of hits the nail on the head that if, if you want to put out good content, you can't just think, oh, I'm going to write an email and send it out in half an hour to, to my client list or something. You have to really plan behind what goes into it. Absolutely. So one thing I tell my clients who are considering starting up a newsletter, um, for one, I tell them they absolutely should. But I, I just say, if you look through your inbox at all of the emails you're sent, I would say that 95% of them, you either don't open up or they go in the, the trash bin. And um, so that's that's both good and bad. The, the bad news is there there is a lot of noise in people's inboxes. The good news is that uh, nine out of 10 people who are sending you an email are not putting in the effort and energy to make it a really, really strong email. Um, so if you are willing to put in that extra time and really say something interesting, uh, I found email to be the biggest like return on my investment as far as time goes. So I, I think it's a hundred percent something everyone should do, whether they're a service business, a freelancer, or trying to build a uh, startup empire of sorts. And then we can just sort of touch on how successful those emails have been just so that our audience can kind of get a feel of, of how well they are doing. Um, so just looking at some of the open rates and click through rates on your emails, um, one of them writing techniques that work like witchcraft has a 62% uh, open rate and a 16.8% click through. Look who's laughing now, 50% open rate, 9% click through. Um, why do you think your emails are all so successful? I would, I would say two reasons. Uh, the first reason, and this is probably more something more tactical that everyone can work on, but in advertising, uh, the most important aspect of advertising is the headline, whether that's for an email or an article or a full on sort of vintage, you know, style ad. The, the headline's important because it actually pulls the reader down into the actual copy. Um, and the whole purpose of the headline is to get the reader to read the first sentence of the copy, right? And so uh, companies like, like media companies like BuzzFeed, for example, will have their journalists write 25 headlines every single time they turn in an article. And the reason for that is because they haven't seen an increase in just 10 to 15% as far as like click-through rates go. They see an increase uh, as much as 500% uh, with click-through rates. So your email subject lines are sort of like mini advertisements for your actual email. 
So I put a lot of time and energy into each headline I create. And uh, my sole goal with it is just to create something that gets people to open it up. Uh, so that that is in part why my my open rates are so high. But also I've built trust with my audience. And I don't mean trust in the sort of BS uh, business seminar way. I'm, I'm talking that every single time, 50 times last year when subscribers have opened up my emails, uh, even if they didn't like every single email, they they not once could have walked away from the emails thinking uh, Cole didn't put in a lot of time and energy in, in, in trying to make this strong. And that over time uh, does build up this sort of mutual respect as far as time goes, because I think a lot of times marketers do waste their customers' time just with poor marketing or poor messaging and and so a big reason those click-through rates are so high is because I show up every single week and my subscribers can trust that they're going to get something interesting in their inbox. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it, it does take time to build that trust. Um, you have to have a combination of good content, good um, headlines, and just be a good personality or person that people just want to succeed. Like I know when I read the, your emails that you get, that um, you send through, I'm like so fascinated to see, all right, this is the title. I'm very intrigued to know where he's going with, with this piece. And sometimes it has no relevance to the title whatsoever, or sometimes it's very specific and it just captures you straight away. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's the, the goal of each, of each email. So that I, I appreciate that. No problem at all. Do you think it works trying to maybe take a title and focus it on something completely irrelevant? Or if you have a January newsletter, you call it January newsletter. Oh, no, I think you should do an interesting title. Are you referring to the title of the actual newsletter or the subject line? The subject line, yeah. Yeah, I would say um, you can go a few different directions. Um, a lot of times what I will do with my subject lines is if I'm sending out a thousand word email or 2000 word email, I will find sort of a specific excerpt in the text and tie in the subject line. So it's a little bit like an inside joke. Um, so some of the, some of the subscribers will get it, but for others, they're just, they might be thinking, oh, that's super random. So let's say a newsletter is about, you know, psychology, tr psychological triggers you can use in your copy to get people to, to get higher click through rates. Um, you, if you made a subject line that's, that just said, purple cow. And that's all, that's all you wrote, even though it has nothing to do with that specific topic, I can almost guarantee you that it would receive higher click-through rates than saying, uh, you won't want to miss these marketing tactics, exclamation mark. You know, people are just yeah. getting that stuff. Yeah. Especially like with numbers, like three reasons, six reasons, 10 reasons why you should or shouldn't do something. Like I just see that on every blog or every piece of content lately. And, um, if you move away from it, it can really do a, a whole lot of wonders. Absolutely. I think, I think marketers need to understand that their readers and their customers and their prospects aren't idiots, you know, and the whole listicle phase is on the way out. It's not going to continue to, to be super prominent in my opinion. So as well as your emails, you've had a great deal of success with your copywriting guide and your sales pages that have been external. Um, so you use copywriting guide just for people that don't know about it, how to write words that sell like a Florida snow cone vendor on the hottest day of the year. Um, it listed, listed on your website at the minute saying that you've sold $17,000 worth of copy. I'm sure that's a lot higher now. And then the external pages, um, you've worked for people like American Ultimate Disc League, raising $500,000 in crowdfunding. 
and Samsara luggage, $140,000 in crowdfunding. So those are some huge numbers. Um, and I'm sure you had different uh, topics and themes that you had to cover that you might have not even known existed. Do you still take the same style of approach whenever you write or do you change it up as and when depending on the type of content and the company? I would say, you know, primarily anytime you're sitting down to write copy, um, I could go into like my writing process, but I think it's important to remember that everyone's writing process is different. So uh, there's no sort of universal way to write that, that, that works. It's just really what's best for you. But one, one piece of advice I can give is anytime you're working, uh, when you're sitting down and writing copy, whether it's for yourself or another company, uh, one thing to think about is it's really a dialogue between two people. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up uh, when they're writing anything. A lot of marketers really screw up here is that they sort of view their hundred person organization speaking to their thousand customers. And what happens is it, it sounds more like noise rather than dialogue. So anytime I'm writing copy, um, whether it's just something as large as a sales page or it's something much smaller, like a sales email, I'm thinking of the brand that I'm writing for as an actual person. So for example, let's say, uh, let's take Samsara luggage, which was a sales page I wrote. I'm, I'm thinking about if, if that brand were a person that I'm sitting across from at dinner and having dinner with, what, what type of conversations would we be having? Uh, how would they look? Um, how would they speak? What music would they listen to? What would they find interesting? And then I turn around and do that same thing for the actual customer, right? So a lot of people say, well, our, our target market is women between the ages of 30 and, and 50. Well, there's, there's very little similarities between a woman that's 30 years old and could be an accountant and a woman who's 45 years old and works uh, as a bartender or within a SaaS company or whatever. That's just way too big of a market. So instead, you have to really create this customer profile, give her a name, maybe her name's Sarah, and just talk about, just think and write down, what is this person like? How do they speak? What do they find funny? What do they find interesting? And now all of a sudden, when you sit down to write that sales page, it's no longer a what feels like a sales page. It really feels like a dialogue between uh, Sam Sarah Luggage, who might be his, that profile might be a guy named Ben. Uh, and it's a conversation between Ben and Sarah. And that's how a lot of people will say my copy is very conversational and it feels like um, I'm actually talking to them. And the reason is because I am talking to them. I'm talking to one person. So anytime I'm writing copy, whether it's for honey copy or it's for um, a mattress company or whatever, I'm really thinking about it in terms of uh, a conversation between two people. And that helps me sort of step into that, that company's shoes. And I think that kind of answers my next question quite nicely in a sense that once you know who that customer is and, and those interests are, that's going to help you with your imagery and your color scheme and the sentence length and choice of words and everything that you include on that page. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you were to read, if you were to read my sticky notes newsletter, it would, it would feel completely different and it would look completely different than the other clients I've worked with as a freelancer. And that's important because we're, because that's what branding is, right? And that's what style is. So. Um, and then moving externally, do you have any anyone else's work or any other resources that you might use for inspiration that people could learn from? Yeah, absolutely. So 
one one thing I tell people a lot of times is um, most of my writing teachers and my inspiration comes from writers who are are dead, <laughs> right, and who are no longer around. Maybe Ernest Hemingway and Virginia Woolf and some of these writers who really stepped in the game and and, and changed it. Uh, and I think something that's really important for everyone to keep in mind is that there is a big difference between popularity and being profound and really the way we can know what's profound versus popular uh that that takes a lot of time it takes decades and and i think that the the profound sort of works of art and and business decisions and and businesses they last for decades and so i recommend people versus picking up the reading a blog on the internet um, instead of maybe going that route or just buying another course, I would even recommend people to pick up a book by Ernest Hemingway or by Hunter S. Thompson or Virginia Woolf and, and, and really study how they're putting, how they're stringing words together, how their sentences read, how their flow is. Uh, because what we know is that, you know, like Grant Cardone is a guy from the United States who is really just a, for lack of a better term, a, a douchebag. And I don't think his work's going to be super relevant 10, 20, 30 years from now, but it's going to take us that time to get to the point where we know for sure if, if his work is valuable or not. Um, so I would just tell people that instead of just buying another course online, uh, grab a book at a bookstore and just read how someone like Hemingway was able to capture someone's attention for four, five, six, seven hours at a time, you know, that's, that, that's a skill in, in and of itself. Yeah. And ultimately those guys who were writing um, books or, or large pieces of content, they, they've had much more success for than you guy who's written a blog on, on an internet post or somewhere else. So it's, it's great advice. Uh, just, um, do you have a favorite piece of content that you've written? And if so, then maybe why? Yeah, I would say, I would say that my two, favorite pieces of content. Um, one, one is definitely the copywriting guide. I'm really proud of that. Um, this past year, I released a uh, book uh, of poetry and prowls called One Minute Please. Um, and that was, a, that was a big benchmark for me because it's like what I was talking about earlier. Releasing that physical book was, in my opinion, kind of my first step as a writer to go from maybe writing things digitally that are uh, a little bit more like quick wins, you know, um, in yeah. writing a book that, you know, my, my children and my grandchildren will be able to read that book. Um, and so th those are probably my two proudest uh, pieces of content as of right now. Um, yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned like um, all of these articles that we search for, whether that's um, a guest po post or a backlink somewhere else. In two to five years' time, maybe they, they might not exist, um, but a hard copy of a book will be there forever. Yeah, it really will. It really will. And I think our our world's moving to that. Is I think we are, as our world's becoming more digital, people are beginning to be a little more romantic about um, physical marketing and, and books and, and things you can actually hold and touch and feel. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't always mention SMS marketing on the podcast. Um, on this occasion, I think it is really relevant because you are an expert in writing copy. Um, so with SMS, um, most of you may know, some might not, but you only have 160 characters to get your message across. 
I've seen many sort of template messages that either just leave things out or don't get to the point quick enough. Um, it's really much harder than you'd actually think. So I'd be interested to know, Cole, how you'd approach selling with a character limit and uh, you'd put things th first or get straight to the point or, or how you'd do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wrote out a few, uh, let's give some examples here. But to me, I think, and I'm speaking more as a consumer here because I receive a lot of SMS uh, pieces of marketing from from you know different different companies, and th the thing I see that that uh, in my opinion isn't effective is when people come in and it reads exactly like an ad, and they might use uh, a bunch of exclamation marks or all caps and say daily deal or five dollars off lunch and. That to me, you see that and people aren't going to open that as much as if, if they were to come in and, and write it like it was an actual text. Um, so I'll, do a, I'll, I'll just give you a few examples here. Uh, so if I were selling my guide, uh, my guide is, has a super, super long title. And this was intentional because most copywriting guides or, or courses are they're, they're titled, you know, copywriting 101 or how to write or copy that converts. Uh, and yeah. That just isn't enticing to me. So I wrote a title that actually works as also an ad, and that's how to write words that sell like a Florida snow cone vendor on the hottest day of the year. Um, I think that's 94 characters, I think. <laughs> yeah, <about> to. <laughs> it's super, super long. And so if I were to use the actual title, how I would write the text is I would just add the words want to uh, and then add an exclamation mark at the end. So my text would be want to learn how to write words that sell like a Florida snow cone vendor on the hottest day of the year, question mark, uh, and then add a link in there. Um, so that I, that would be like my first thing if I were if I were sending that to an entrepreneur or marketer. But if you were to ask me to like send my try to sell my copywriting guide to say uh, a young man like who's 25, um, I'm thinking, okay, he's he's in his he's in his inbox. He probably uh, he's probably either a bachelor. He he might be a bachelor, and there's probably a few either women or men that he's interested in within his sort of inbox that might not be responding to his texts, or maybe things aren't going uh, as well as they could be romantically. So the text I would send him would be, uh, and this is more um, uh, American speak, but. Is she not hitting you back? Question mark. Perhaps your texts are the most boring uh, shit in her inbox. Let us help you write better ones. Um, <laughs> so that would be like my my text then. Now, if I were sending something to everyone, my text would be high period. Writing is hard period. And if you're like most, you find yourself at a loss for words at the most inconvenient of times. Period. Here's a short course that might help. Um, now if I were sending it to a business owner and let's say I were, was marketing for, uh, like, like an actual, like for your company, yep. what I would write would, I would open up with like a really sort of obvious, uh, like a statistic that hits you so hard that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. But it would be, uh, folks check their phones or folks check their phone every 12 minutes. That's 80 times a day making more moolah for your business is literally as simple as firing off a text. Um, and so I would, I would kind of take that approach if I were marketing something like that. Um, but I think the key here, sort of the, the overarching theme is right. Especially if we're, we're talking texts, emails, um, 
write something that's conversational, write something that a friend would send a friend, a friend isn't going to send something that starts with daily deal in all, in all caps with exclamation marks. It, they're going to say hi. Um, and they're going to, they're going to use very common speak. And so that's how I would write, uh, write those texts if, if I were responsible for this, but obviously, you know, um, I will say my expertise is more in email marketing and, and yeah, of course, yeah, that, that realm. Yeah. It is an interesting approach though, because you kind of like divided an audience up and made a persona similar to like you do with emails. And when you write in sales copy, people can really target different groups and different age categories or people that might have spent a certain amount, uh, something and target those in, in a funnel, um, as opposed to sending out a mass text or a mass, um, piece to everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I would say my other piece of advice for any marketer is just don't use a template. Um, I think that's just not a, or at least if you're using a template, make sure you are customizing it accordingly, you know, because very rarely you can't just take Ford's marketing and then use it for Tesla, you know, it just doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we're going to uh, leave the main section and just move to some very quick graduate advice. I know that. Cool. Um, I know that graduation. So as always, going to finish with a little bit of graduate advice or any adv uh, some advice to anyone that might be starting up in the industry can be a little bit tough sometimes and people don't really know what direction to take or what to do. Um, how did you find the transition? I know that you've, you're freelancing now, so you're effectively your own boss. What was that process like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I will, I know we're running out of time, so I'll try to make this story quick. But when I graduated from uh, college with a degree with, in marketing, I sort of did what every graduate does. And I went and got a job at a, uh, at a company. And so I was working at this company for about a month. I absolutely hated it. Um, and that's not true for all companies. There are some companies that really offer some great opportunities to grow in marketing, but this particular company didn't. And I really wanted to follow my passion of writing, but obviously I needed to make an income. Uh, and so what I did is I eventually just walked away from that job, put in my two weeks. Uh, I got a job at a, a construction company where during the day from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m., I would actually go into these old sort of nasty apartments and uh, tear out the carpet and the flooring. Uh, and it was really a nasty job, but it paid cash and it paid pretty well. Uh, and then when I got off work at 2 p.m., I would go and start cold emailing a ton of different businesses about writing copy for them. Uh, and for the first year, I, would, I picked up a few clients, not enough to pay the bills totally. Uh, so I had to continue to do construction. Uh, and a really low point during that process was my uh, my advertising agency that I was working for that I quit. Uh, they needed to do a renovation on their agency. So somehow fate would have it that they would call my construction company. And so literally a month after quitting there to start my own thing, I was back there. So if, if you are in a scenario where you, you want to be somewhere else, boots and jeans covered in dust and shit and tearing out, uh, tearing out carpet. And literally my, my past colleagues could, could see me, they saw me doing this and it was a really low point. Um, but it was, it was ultimately worth it in the end. And one thing I discovered in that situation was, uh, and, and this is, this is strange to think about now, but, uh, tearing out the carpet 
in my old agency, while it was hard and it was embarrassing, uh, the pain was a lot easier than actually showing up to that job each day and doing something that I wasn't passionate about. And there's a really famous quote out there. It's, uh, it's something along the lines of the, the uh, carpenter here on earth that loves, that loves art uh, isn't going to be, isn't going to be uh, laying floor in, in the afterlife or something like that, where it, it essentially is talking about do what, what fulfills you inside. And so that would be my advice to graduates is that, no, don't, don't necessarily do what I did where I, you go out and quit your job. But if you have something that sort of keeps you up at night uh, and, and you really want to breathe life into that thing, sometimes I, I, I think there, isn't a, there truly isn't a better time in your life to be in your 20s, just starting out your career uh, and being able to chase something you're passionate uh, about with just reckless abandon. And so that would be my advice to graduates is whatever it is, just just go after it 100 percent, because it's much, much harder when you're in your 30s or 40s and you have kids and a mortgage and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, try and take take the jump and see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we're going to finish off there. Thank you for uh, listening. As always, Cole, I think you've been an absolutely awesome guest. Hopefully you've given people some something to think about uh, when they write their next piece of copy. Um, whether that be email, SMS or blog post or anything. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good um, place to leave on, especially um, there's so many resources now. There's so many people that are willing to help out on whether that be on LinkedIn or another channel. And I'm sure it'll have a big influence on them as they move forward. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.